podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We are delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a a Wi-Fi system that that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, You can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, You can purchase flights from different virtual locations, and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money. Um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while traveling and using public Wi-Fi. I keep coming back to that. Anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about. So all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free, completely risk-free. I urge you to do it. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host as always here on the flagship show. Joining me tonight is an all-star stellar cast to discuss the weekend victory over St Johnston and, let's face it, attention has already turned to tomorrow night's match against PSV Eindhoven. It's a biggie. Champions League qualification on the line and uh, two legends of really the last 20 years football in the dugout. Joining me first of all is original gangster Cameron Bell. Hello Cammy. David, pleasure to talk to you. Very excited about tomorrow and uh, great to get our teeth into a very, very successful win and excellent performance from Saturday. Yeah, it was quite enjoyable. Looking forward to breaking that down and joining us to do just that from Four Lads Had a Dream and Heart Hand is Stephen Clifford. Hello David, hello Cammy. Uh, I'm with Cammy. I'm excited um, to be here, excited on the back of Saturday's performance and really looking forward to tomorrow night. Yeah, let's start then with Saturday. Um, Rangers welcome St Johnston to Ibrox. Uh, expecting, I think it's fair to say, a, a very similar match to the one that we had witnessed in terms of the league performance anyway. I suppose you could argue similar to what USG did of sitting in and whatnot, but obviously without the emotion of everything that that match contained, uh, we expected St Johnston to come, to, to sit deep, to get men behind the ball, to try and frustrate us. They did that. Now, cards on the table. First things first, I'll start with you, Stevie, because you and I watched the game together in the gantry on Saturday. And when the team came out, be honest, uh, I thought, oh, um, because he rested players ahead of Tuesday. I get that. Um, it made sense. It wasn't so much that. It was more, again, we'd gone with these two holders in the midfield with Lundstrom and Jack there. Um, but you have to say that, that Rangers did play a lot of really good football and both of them had good games. Yeah, they did, and uh, like you said, I I even said it on the pre-match pod that I was slightly disappointed. Deflated was the word that Martin suggested. 
and I thought that was spot on by the the team selection. But you know, I, I quantified that by saying that if um, you know, I'm certainly not the one to be questioning Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, and it turned out to be exactly that. I thought that um, John Lundstrom carried on his great form from the European game on the Tuesday night against Union into this one, and he's now. He's now at the stage, David, I, I made this comment to you last week, and I'm, I'm sure Cammy might think the same, but this is now his team. It's now his midfield. He's orchestrating. He's a midfield general. And I think that even though he had got better last year, I've seen signs already this season that he looks bang up for it, and, he, and he's playing a lot better. And I thought that he played progressively quite well and dictated the tempo. So it wasn't as, as bland, perhaps, as I thought it was going to be. So... Shame on me for getting it wrong. Yeah, um, I think that it did work out pretty well uh, in the end up because they're good players. Uh, I'll die on the hill, though. I still don't necessarily think that we need two players like that in a match like that. I think if we had somebody who was a wee bit more progressive, wee bit more forward thinking, it would work. But can't argue with results. On that Cammy Lundstrom, I, I do totally agree with Stevie on this one. He's now, for me... A team can have several different heartbeats, as strange as that might seem. And, you know, Tav, we know how important Tav is to us. goes without saying. Ken, especially in Europe. Alfie, when he's not there, God, we miss him. Um, we're already seeing the influence of Tillman. But in terms of that midfield general, that guy who just sits there, who is responsible for linking back in front, who's there to drive everybody on, who's there to kind of help out a teammate when they get in trouble... He is absolutely excelling in that role and now just looks like he's played for Rangers for decades. Yeah, I mean, he, he really does. The thing I love about, well, there's several things I love about John Lundstrom, but in particular, what um, I, I enjoy seeing from him on such a frequent basis is that he always wants the ball. If you ever look at him when he's when he's waiting for the, 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 the player, whoever happens to have the ball at the time, to, to make that decision, to, to decide what they're about to do next. If he's going to be one of the options, he's always pointing to his feet. I don't know if you boys have clocked that or not, but he's always pointing to being able to try and get the ball back to himself. Um, I think it's a great thing to see that he's willing to not only take that responsibility in terms of, of you know, looking to generate the play or be able to try and create something out the back of that. Or exactly as you just said there, David, he will help out a teammate if he's in trouble or if there's maybe a lack of option or anything else in the back of it. The most important thing I think for me is that he gives us a level of consistency and standard that he wants to make sure that comes in from that midfield and the players around him. He's not a shrinking violet. I think we've we've known that for some time. Um, to me, he's, he's, a, he's a default captain of that midfield now. And when we've spoken about guys who, uh, you know, Stephen Davis is the obvious example. Uh, we've got Ryan Jack in there as well. And guys who are leaders, right, let's be honest, we, we know that they know how to, uh, you know, be the role model and lead by example and look to be able to uh, ensure that they know what they are bringing to the team and that the players around them know that as well. John Lundstrom is now in that bracket for me. He's, he's, he's absolutely solidly in there. Um, most important thing, more than anything else, is uh, he, he understands that he's going to be able to work and motivate and talk and just really drive the players on around him. So when a player might be getting marked out of the game, you mentioned Ryan Kent there, he might not be um, able to get as much time and freedom in the ball. Um, and we've seen that already this season. He knows that he can rely on John Lundstrom to be able to, to get him out of trouble to walk him through the game. If Bourne is not having a brilliant game and he needs a reminder of what he's capable of doing, Lundstrom will do that. 
um, and same again as well in terms of being able to try and get it off of uh, the back too. If he needs to be able to get the ball off of them to get things moving, he'll absolutely be demanding it. I think the guy is uh, he's he's a he's a bedrock of our midfield now, without a doubt. Stevie, Cammy mentions Borna Barisic, and a, and a quick word for him because he is somebody that has come in for criticism. A lot of it, in my opinion, deserved. To to be quite honest, uh, I don't think that it's been unreasonable. There's always a difference between abusing a player and then just pointing out that his performances haven't been up to the standard A that he can do, that we know he can do and B that we expect. But I thought second half against USG he got more into it, got better. And I, I actually thought he was he was very good on Saturday. You know, yes it's St Johnson, but still he's had poor matches against that level aside not that long ago. So it was really heartening to see and of course competition it makes people better. Yeah, and he's got a real challenge now. And I think most of us would expect that in time, um, Red Van Yilmaz will, will come into that position. But Horn is doing himself no harm. Two assists, are, you know, last week. Two big moments. We can argue whether he really meant. I know Martin on, on Saturday was, wasn't convinced that he really meant the second cross. But to give He's him a credit. miserable bastard, though, Martin. Let's face it, any cross that ends in a goal is a good cross. I will die on that hill as well. Well, I, I'm going to give him credit. I kind of think he, he meant it. He might not have meant the trajectory to be so high, but, you know, credit where it's due. He certainly picked him out. And I thought that Borna was the the, the one that who would get the, the nod for the European games just because he's a wee bit more settled. But we also know, David, I think it's fair to say he's a very much a confidence player. If he's doing well, then you know he's flying and he and he does well and we and, and we can enjoy his performance. But if he takes a wee confidence knock, we know what can happen. I thought that on Tuesday again, I, I agree with you that he was he, he he did come into it quite a lot. I thought that perhaps tactically he was getting told to tuck in as well, but there was times as well that he could have went forward and chose not to. So I think Borna's doing fine. He's, he's going to be one of those ones where, you know, he, he's never going to be... The problem is when Rangers are bad, Borna Barisic is usually bad in that. Um, and it's a bit like when Rangers are good, you know, we, we've got... We can point to the likes of Tavernier always having good games. So I think that Borna is always going to be one that's that's kind of always at the, the kind of forefront of our our discussions when he when he plays. He's either going to be good or bad, but we, we always kind of recognise that. I don't think there's too many games where you get where we go. Oh, Born has been okay. He's either one way or the other. So he's doing fine now. We hope for a big performance as well uh, tomorrow. And he's capable. You know his deliveries and, and set pieces and things. I think he is capable. And I just hope that if he is taking confidence from the last games, he takes that into tomorrow night. And I do expect him to start over these next three games. I would probably say he would start the weekend as well. So for the moment, Borna Barisic is our left back. Yeah, I I agree with that, and he's he's playing you know much more closer to to what we expect of him to do. But uh, yeah, like moving on then into the actual performance itself, and Cami Tillman, very exciting player. Uh, the reason he's exciting is one, his quality. You know, you can see that is his movement, his touch. Trying to keep a lid on it because I've fell in love in August before. And it's been premature, to say the least. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to to keep my froth under control at this point. But you can tell a footballer who has ability; they might not always be able to get that out uh, with plenty of players over the years. But you can tell somebody who has touch, vision, pace, uh, stature. 
he has all of these things. Uh, excellent movement for his goal, the sense to peel off, and of course, Tav, terrific ball to pick him out. It was a cleverer header than I think it may have initially appeared because I think quite often with those headers, how often do you see the keeper spread himself, make himself big, and the ball hits him? Uh, and it's a good save when the keeper does that because, you know, that's what he's attempting. But you block the space and it becomes difficult. Tillman picks out a spot where that isn't going to happen and executes it perfectly. And, of course, a completely different game once we get that first. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, before I come on to that, David, there's a couple of things. First one is absolute kudos to whoever it was at Rangers who came up with the Tillman challenge for the header at the Fan Village on that. That was absolutely brilliant so well done to Rangers for that uh, I'm sure there was a few people uh, tried their best to achieve that on, on Saturday if you were attending the game before I come on to the goal the other thing I want to point out there because you mentioned a lot of the stuff that you've got within his skill set and listen you're, you're bang on the money right totally agree with all that he does have that vision he's got the pass and he's got the ability to be able to move the thing I really enjoyed um, in the early phases of the game was the fact that he went hunting and he and I saw a bit more of that and I think I've maybe seen from him previously where you know he was getting to close down players quickly. He nearly got, you know, a, a, a fortunate, what would have been a fortunate deflection where he actually um, comes in for a tackle on a defender. He runs through and the goalkeeper, um, blocks the goalkeeper's clearance, but doesn't give up there, even though the ball is going tremendously wide. He, he goes chasing after the ball as well. So you can definitely add work rate and desire onto the things that you had mentioned. The goal is, is really interesting because if you look back, at the, the space that he has uh, within that angle of the goal and obviously how close he is to the, the post and the goal line because uh, he's a yard or two yards maximum outside it by the time that he has to make the contact. Um, you have to think about where you're putting it. It looks like it could be really easy because of the proximity of where you are with the goal and any touch you do with it. But because it's still coming at him with a, with a height on it, he knows that he has to be able to, as you rightly say, not just beat the goalkeeper, but make sure you keep it level or down where it could be really easy to hit it over the bar if the connection is wrong. Um, he's definitely got a footballer's brain. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You can see with the way that he looks up. There was other periods later on in the game where he was just really so calm and control when he had the uh, had the ball to pick out a pass in the box, um, to look at not just flinging it in towards the back post or just putting in a nameless cross or whatever. And that's actually what we need. That's what we spoke about before, that we've we've got crosses coming into the box from left, right and centre, but not much is happening. And for me, I was just really, really encouraged that when you see a guy with the ball at his feet, massively comfortable to drive forward with it, but look up and, and make a decisive pass with it, I think that the guy's absolutely brand new. Genuinely, if we could secure him, I would bite your hand off for it right now. I, I, I've absolutely fallen mm. in love with the guy. <laughs> As I say, I still bear the scars of Lasana Kulabali. So hold tight just now. There's no need to rush. But yeah, I mean, he's he's looking absolute quality. Um, and I'm pretty glad at this point we've got that right to buy, put it that way. Moving on then, Steve. Yeah, the first goal is always important, but it doesn't always bring the opposition out. They don't change their game plan at 1-0. At 1-0, they go, that's fine. We're still in the game. Let's keep it tight to the last 15, 10, 15. Crowd will get nervous, see if we can go up the park, get one. And that always happens. It's the second that's the breakthrough goal for me at, at Ibrox against a, a stuffy defensive side. And uh, when that came, it was Rabi Matondo who rolled into a game in the second half. I thought the first half, he just wasn't quite 
at it. Um, he was trying, but nothing was coming off. Well, second half was totally different. We began to see what he can bring to the side with his movement, his pace, his directness. You know, he gets the ball and he drives, and that's big. Uh, that That is really useful for us. But it was actually probably the last thing that I would have associated with him, which was a, a tackle uh, where he read the situation really well, runs in, boy sleeping, the St. Johnson defender, to be fair, but that's not our problem. He wins the tackle, deflects the ball to Antonio Cholak, who does what Antonio Cholak looks like he is able to do, which is finish, one touch and boom, and it was away for 2-0. Um, we've spoken a bit about Cholak being a finisher. He's that type of player. I think that's that's fair to say. Now, first of all, uh, the offside rules change so often that few of us, I think, have any complete clear understanding of it. Would he have been offside under VAR? Uh, And I will cut the line on a bit of slack here that it was difficult to see. On the still image, it looks like he's miles off. But when you watch the actual clip, he steps forward and back so quickly and the defender is moving so quickly. It's very, very difficult to see. Yes, he would have been offside. Uh, The key thing in that is when it's played. I actually took this discussion um, to our referee chat to to make sure that what I was saying was correct, and it is that it's when he, where he is when the ball is played, he's in front of the play and he's in front of the last man, of the last defender. So when he plays that, people have said the ball actually goes backwards. It's actually played off the defender, so his touches isn't included because the defender is not in control of the ball and he's not attempting to play it, it's hit off him and goes back. So the actual decision would come from him moving back. Interestingly, the week before, when people were saying Alfredo Morelos was offside and it was cut back by Matondo again, the the last touch came off of Ash Taylor. But Ash Taylor tried to make a deflection and tried to play the ball. So arguably he was in control of it, making that interception, and the interception went straight to Alfie who put it in. It's a very complex law, and, and even as a qualified referee, and Cammy will tell you that it's so difficult because, one, they change it all the time, and two, it's difficult to explain and articulate it to people of, of exactly why. But VAR would have chopped it for me, definitely would have called it off, and it does happen so quickly. I never considered it at the game that he would be offside. We never even mentioned Nobody it. claims for it. Nobody's asking for it. No, it, exactly. it was one of those ones that VAR, I agree, will go back and rule out. I still think we'll get a lot more going for us with that offside than going against us. But oh, hands up. But I don't think it was a shocking decision because, as I say, there isn't even a St. Johnston player claiming it. No, I would agree. Um, and, and also, there was there was really close calls with Rabi Matondo in that second half that we, that we could have been on the, the on the good side for our point of view. So, I mean, it swings and roundouts, as you say. And, you know, maybe that's a wee bit of luck that he didn't get at Livingston. But on Matondo, I said at the weekend, and the thing that I found most promising was we got stronger as the game went on, which is really encouraging because we've seen games where we've made it hard work. And we, as Gio keeps saying, he wants teams out of games and he wants them killed off. And we haven't done that, but we did do that. And we got stronger the more it went on. And a quick point on Tillman, you boys have been bang on and you've covered him. And I, I share the excitement that Cammy has. But I also share the excitement of Tom Lawrence because I think that even though they play similar positions, they're quite different, but they offer both offer a real goal threat that we haven't had. But they're different players. Tillman's very 
you know, he's very technical and he's got that European style, whereas Lawrence, I think, is more driving, hard working with an eye for goal. But they work so well and we work and they work so well in our team. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And Matondo's a bit of a slow burner for a winger. It's always going to be like that. I think it'll take him a wee bit longer. But the positive thing for that is how many times do we see a, a, a winger maybe have things that doesn't come off and, and they slightly dip? He got stronger. He hits the bar with an incredible effort, gets his assist. The third one, the, the assist for Arfield, which I'm sure you boys will come to, is equally as, as good cam play. And we weren't sure if he was had that in his locker yet, you know, polished and to look up and things like that because we know he's fast and he's quick but we hadn't seen that side of it yet so for me that was really encouraging and I'm listen, I'm a big fan of Matondo and it wasn't you know it was only a couple of weeks ago after West Ham I was saying that he's going to be the exciting one he's going to be the exciting um, signing but the truth is that that quartet that we brought in of attacking options have all settled very well and we've all got you know we've got the right to be excited by all of them David Gammy, Scotty Arfield renewed in the summer. A few raised eyebrows. A lot of fans could see the sense in it. And I think he's showing at Levy and then again on Saturday quite what he can bring to the side now. Now, Scott Arfield's not going to play every game. He never really did. He said he's injury problems, we know. But uh, I love him as an impact sub. And that might seem a little harsh. I'm not saying I would never start him. But especially in these games where, let's face it, we've let a few of these slip where we have needed something a bit different to go and maybe get the second or the third and just put it to bed. He came on and he absolutely delivered goal and an assist. And I think he could be very useful in that role. Massively. And I think you heard from Martindale uh, post, uh, post-match where he had said in the opening game of the season, uh, he told his players at halftime, when Scott Arfield comes on, watch what he does, watch his runs, and you know it was to Levy's detriment in terms of what Scott Arfield was able to come on to. And again, it lends absolute weight to your argument, David, that it was um, a clever and shrewd move to re-sign him because he does come on, he does um, provide what I think is the most important thing at that point, which is just a little bit of that lift of energy levels, a little bit of that tempo increase that we might need. It's easy to sit here, right, and say, well, it's it's really important to get the second goal or the third goal or whatever. I think probably what we really wanted to look at, you boys obviously touched on the start that uh, about the lineup and what we're looking at that. What I really wanted on Saturday was that it, it didn't give us an overexertion. We weren't having to bust our gut to be able to guarantee the three points. It wasn't going to be edgy, all of that stuff. And I don't think necessarily that I had a bit of a plateau, but Scott Arfield's a good player to bring into that mix. That if you feel that there's a little bit of just a little touch of putting the brakes on or just maybe moving down a gear or whatever, Arfield comes into it and he'll immediately ramp those players back up again and maybe bring in a sense of urgency and a little bit of that kind of intensity that we need to continue driving us on in that regard. And, and listen, you're right, he does bring in that energy. Um, I, I wasn't sure, right, about the... the giving him the, the, the extension. Uh, I'm glad to say I've been proven wrong because I think that what he's already done so far, so far I mean, this it's season... Early. It is, right? But then I think... And that, that kind of brings me on to my point I was about to come with. Um, I've said before to you chaps, as you know, winning 55, we couldn't have done that as far as I'm concerned without Scott Arfield's contribution because he came in at a time when we needed him to just to lift the team up again and just to bring it in. But he'll go through those phases where he can do that and other phases where he can't do it as much. 
Um, he has to have some game management because you know he's not he's not the youngest. He is incredibly fit for his age. Don't get me wrong. Um, so would I expect him to potentially go off the boil? Yeah, probably. Do I think he'll go off the boil and come back and you know a month or six weeks or eight weeks afterwards, even stronger? Then yeah, I expect that too. And if you've got a player who can do that, then it's still a very very useful asset to have in your locker room. Absolutely. And and Stevie, he still does something that not. We don't really have another player who does it um, because it's it's a difficult skill. It's a, arriving at the right time into the box. And again, if you look at his goal, it looks like a tap-in. And it isn't really. First of all, he has to take up the position and, and find himself in space, which he does. There's a lot of players in that box. So it's very easy to to run into an area that's, that's packed. He doesn't. He arrives into an area... Uh, and it's not just luck to do that. He's, he's spotted where the space is. And then the finish itself, a lot of bodies on the line to, to guide it through with one touch. I, I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, it was, absolutely. And everything that you're saying is, is spot on with regards to, to Scott Arfield. And with Cammy, I wasn't sure. It, it was more because of Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield getting um, renewed. I, I maybe wasn't sure, but it wasn't a quality thing. Scott Arfield will still contribute. And I'm with Cammy. I think there's, you know, in terms of what Cammy says, and I, I'm I'm completely there with it. He will have spells where he, he contributes a lot more. But you're right, David. He does do something. And the closest one we've got to it at the moment is Tom Lawrence. He's shown a wee bit of, of that ability that, that Scott Arfield has done. I, I tend to think that because we've got better attacking options and Hopefully there'll be more space. I think this Scott Arfield is still well capable of chipping in with 10, 10 goals. And those 10 goals that we get from a, a guy that isn't starting every game, who isn't you know, involved in the bigger ones, etc., those 10 goals could be vital. And that's what we haven't had in our team. So a spread of goals like that with Scott Arfield contributing, absolutely. And yeah... You know, I would put myself in the the category of of being wrong on his renewal as well. But he he's gonna he's gonna do enough. You know, he's he's gonna be he'll have games where he excels in that, and I completely agree. And in regards to the skill set and the the drive and runs from midfield and what he does, you're absolutely right. It is a difficult skill, and um, no, I mean to reiterate, he's going to get numbers and he's going to get goals and he's going to prove to be a decent, you know, a more than decent squad player. Cammy, it's been really hot recently, have you noticed? David, I'm a little bit on the chunky side, my friend. Do you honestly think I haven't noticed? I've been sweating for Scotland the last few days. Well, I think an area for a lot of men that, that sweat gathers is the downstairs area, and dear God, they've come back again for another advert. Um, <laughs> those of you who've been listening for a long time will know that that the Manscaped um, products are regularly shilled on here. And look, you know, I mean, it's not my fault that you lot are quite clearly all content to use their products and yeah shave your balls basically um they sent me a script so i'm gonna go with that right okay you know if you haven't heard it already it's smooth sack summer really when you're playing in the summer sun make sure you escape from pubes to bum what the that's right this is summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with manscaped the leader in below the belt grooming is making sure we all have a ball this summer oh my (laughs) <laughs> this is where it's come to. This. 
44 years on this planet, and because you lot are perverts, and because you're all walking about with a Sean Scrotum, that I need to read this stuff out. But, look, it's not for me to judge. I am judging. I've judged you from the second it started. But you all... Are you all getting together, listeners, and saying, let's keep buying these so that Davey has to do this? Because that's mean, if you are. But anyway, if you want to do that, if you're thinking... You know, you, you you're a wee bit fed up with your downstairs looking like Mark Cucarella's hair. That you think, nah, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna whip it all off. You don't want to be doing it with like a traditional razor, because I mean, you cut your face with that, right? Imagine what it'll do down there. Nobody wants that. Even I don't want that. I, you might deserve it. There's an argument, but I don't want it to happen. So Manscaped will give you twenty percent off and free shipping if you use the code Rangers. That noise you hear, by the way, is Bill Struth spinning in his grave. But 20% off and free shipping. And it is a good package, by the way. I mean, I use it to shape my face. (laughs) The one bit of me that I don't (laughs) mind being bald. Um, But the Manscaped Performance Package, it has everything you need. Uh, Inside it, you'll get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker, which is excellent. I use that in my nose and ears. Yes, I'm at that age. Uh, the, The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Hey, might as well go the whole hog. So, as I've, as I mentioned before, look, ladies and gentlemen, because, I mean, ladies, you can do it too, as far as I'm not even wanting to think about this, but if that's what you're into, then 20% off, you just go to manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping with the Code Rangers, and may God have mercy on your souls. Cam, David, back to the, David the you, P- just, you just want to go to Ibrox, you just want to go to a game involving Rangers and not have a listener come up to you saying, my downstairs area looks like they do that. a dwarf level of Carlos Valderrama. People come how to do, me. How do you suggest I take care of this problem? And then you're led down this road where ultimately everybody who knows you as well as I do knows that you're a sellout. And I understand that you'll take that money. I understand it, but they are leading you down this path by these intimate, conversations that should really just you know never see the light of day but they just they'll capture you in Edmondson Drive and just you know demand you come up with a solution for them. I'm 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 quite excited about this potential. Do you think it'll be a twofer for me? Could I maybe use it, you know, up and down? Would you want to? I'm just After it's been down there, you want to put it on your head? I'm just exploring all the opportunities, mate. It might be another selling point, shave your balls and your head. You lot are filth. I'm moving on. Right. PSV will arrive at Ibrox tomorrow evening. Uh, well, they've arrived already, to be fair. They're training there on the, the Monday night. Led by Rud van Nieselroy, a very famous name, former teammate of Giovanni van Bronckhorst. They achieved a lot together in the Orange of Holland. And uh, Gio knows PSV pretty well, of course. You know, he's an ex-player and manager at Feyenoord. And, uh, in fact, one of his old uh, bosses at Feyenoord is now one of Rud van Nistelrooy's assistants. So there is that that link there. doesn't really change the fact. Uh, 11 very good players will take to the field against us. Um, and I'll start off with you on this one, Cami. This is a right good side. And look, cards on the table, folks. If you're a Rangers fan who hasn't thought Joey Veerman and the fact that he could come and knock us out, I think you're a fibber. I think it's been that dark fear at the back of our mind. But look, he's not the only one they've got. Uh, They've got the lad that Man United are interested in currently. Typical Man United, can't do anything right. Couldn't sign him, Gakpo, before this match uh, took place. And uh, they they have Chavi Simons, who's a fantastic footballer. So, Cammy, this mob can play. They can. Um, 
couple of things to unpack there. Uh, to be fair, if I was a player and the current Man United set were looking at me, I would play as badly as I possibly could to avoid getting signed into that absolute bin fire. Um, Joey Veerman potentially knocking us out just feels like the most rangery of rangerous things that could happen, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think, it, it's listen, it's going to be a tough game. We know that um, we're so close to that, that, Let's face it, the you know the the jackpot that we're looking for in terms of the money to come in that that could be season defining and certainly um, you know the longer term impact could be could be massive for us to be able to get through with it. I, I think everyone listening to this would have loved this to be able to have the second leg at Ibrox. Um, we we can't we can't lower tempo for a single minute, David. We can't remove concentration. We have to remain with a good level of intensity, a good level of um, committed focus to just almost being as ruthless as we possibly can. And I think our mantra for, for tomorrow night has to be win this tie in 90 minutes and do it tomorrow night because that is absolutely what we have to do. We can't go across to Holland chasing anything or with it, you know, in a very precarious situation. Uh, tomorrow night is massively our opportunity to be able to do that. And they're going to be... Um, I think for me, certainly one of the toughest opponents that we've considered face since probably Dortmund. Uh, and we have to be able to go out with the same type of attitude, the same type of, of of performance that we saw certainly across in Germany. If we could replicate something like that, you know, I mean, Ibrox will be absolutely bouncing. Um, I, I'm going to, I'll be honest with you, I, I've been thinking about it as, as the games have been coming up closer. Um, I'm probably going to get a wee bit emotional when you hear the Champions League music tomorrow night. I don't know about you boys. Um but we've got to look past that. We've got to be able to try and do I'm it. Not, we can't look, to get I'm not going to be a wank about this, right? I'm wank about plenty of things, but I probably won't. No, I know that it's UEFA's decision and it's them who say, right, the branding and the music and everything. But, but you want, me, you want until, it in the proper I want rounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. I think it's just because you haven't heard it for so I'm long. I'm not going to go at anyone, by the way, who feels differently. No, no, it's just because you spent too much time with Martin. Now you're emotionless. That's um, exactly what it is. I'm emotionally stunted now. He's he's clipped my correct, emotional correct. range. He's turned, he, he, he's turned you bland. Um, no, but listen, on a serious note, it, it, it's, it's it's huge for us. What we can't do is allow the occasion to get the better of us. That we can't do. We need to be able to make sure that we go out there with an intensity, as I said, uh, that's solely focused and be able to try and get this tie done and wherever possible, put to bed as much as we can. That's a very tall order. I'm not suggesting for a single minute that'll be an easy thing to do. Of course it's not. Um, but we've got to go out there with the right attitude and the right levels of commitment. Otherwise, PSV will will, will hurt us, you know, very, very badly. Uh, so it's a huge ask. Yeah, Stevie, it'd be nice to see go out, go gung-ho, rattle into them. We do that, they'll pick us apart. It, we have to be patient. Yeah, and it's it's just like every the good thing is it's just like every European game that we've had because we have to show the same levels of patience as a support and as a team and you know we we've got plenty of experience in this now and plenty of recent experience so they're a good side absolutely and they deserve their respect for that but we cannot overly respect them we've seen us do that to teams before we have to get in their faces and we have to like Cami says this is our opportunity so. It's a big one for Rangers, and and they yeah you know they have got good players, and the Joey Veerman thing is something that you know 
I've thought about as soon as as soon as this potentially was coming up, you know, there'll be nobody more nervous than Ross Wilson during the next week because he'll get the ira of everyone if if it's uh, one of these situations where he does the damage and if he doesn't, then he can rightfully say, oh, ha-ha, you know, everything's well. But they won't want to play us at a packed Ibrox and a, and a roaring and an emotional Ibrox stadium as it's been on European night. So we've all got a big part in that to play. You know, we we can all get behind the team and, and make it what we have done um, on previous occasions. And, and yeah, they're a good side, and but they won't want to play Rangers either. So I say we should get after them. Get after them sensibly, I think would be my take on that. Um, yeah, we can't sit in and, you know, try to keep it tight and whatnot. I don't think we're brilliant at that either. Um, and one thing, Cammy, you know, we, we didn't get to the fourth goal. Um, I was so traumatised by all the testicle talk that uh, one of the things I've noticed, just even looking at Rangers, when you look at the, the match stats for each game this season so far, there are new names on it that that doesn't really feel like that for a few seasons, but the assists and the goals... Lawrence, Cholak, uh, obviously, you know, Matondo, obviously, Tillman especially, that you just feel, actually, we do have something a bit different. We still have experienced Euro campaigners. We've still got Tav. We've still got Goldson. Um, we've still got uh, John Lundstrom, Ryan Jack, etc., etc., Ryan Kent. There are plenty of experienced Euro campaigners who know how to get jobs done in Europe for this Rangers team. But there is a kind of sprinkling, an extra, a little bit of difference. And, you know, that can go two ways, obviously, you can play badly and we go, well, they don't have the experience. But equally, sometimes just bringing that bit of freshness and, and avoiding staleness, that can be very important. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where you want, I suppose, really, David, that blend of, you're right in that experience to be able to do it, but we brought in guys, uh, we, we spoke about guys like Tom Lawrence and stuff, we brought in guys who um, want to play at this stage. They came to Rangers to play at this level. And now this is their opportunity to be able to go and do that. So a good mix of, you know, that desire that, you know, even having that kind of rawness almost to be able to get and experience that for the first time. And again, not let the, 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 the occasion overwhelm them, but work alongside the players who are going to be there, who know the lay of the land, who know how to be able to try and take it from, um, from you know, that, that, that European stage is, is critical to us to be able to go and achieve what we want to be able to do. I think the most important thing, you know, is it's about control, right? You're right, we can't steam into it. We can't, uh, you know, go gung-ho and just look to be able to try and do that because PSV will, will find and exploit gaps that that will leave. What we can do, however, in terms of what we've already seen throughout the course of this season and, you know, with even with the fourth goal as we were going to mention it a bit, um, the, the range of goal scorers and being able to get... Uh, you know, Cholak involved in it, who's taken some, I'm not going to say criticism, but he's taken a bit of heat for the fact that his biggest crime seems to be that he's not Alfredo Morelos, but yet he's scoring consistently. So whilst I do expect to see Alfredo start on, on Tuesday night, um, I'm comfortable that if, you know, we have to rotate, we have to do anything, that we've got the opportunity to uh, to bring in players who are playing well uh, from the beginning of the season. We, we're not lacklustre at this stage. So, I think we're in a good position. I know people have been discussing the idea that PSV obviously got a little bit of a, uh, assistance from the Dutch FA in terms of moving fixtures and all that. I kind of feel that that would have hurt us, if I'm being honest. I want that kind of momentum continuing. And I think turning over St. Johnson 4-0 um, 
alongside our existing performances, I think I've, I've, I've done as proud. You know, seven goals in the last two games. You want the next game coming thick and fast because you want to carry that confidence going into it. But again, you can't underestimate our opponents. No, I don't think anyone is. I will say that, Stevie. But I think there is a certain sense that we, especially at Ibrox, can... Uh, you know, can create something special. I do think that needs to be balanced. Um, we'll come to that more about the second leg, but it's great at being formidable at home, which we are, and we all know that, and we know what we can do there. But I don't want it to then become we're formidable at home, and therefore, almost by by definition, that away becomes scary. It's possible to be formidable at home and still go and compete away from home. Yeah, and it has to be. We have to address that because I think it's now four defeats on the bounce so I agree with you we, we need to that's something we need to sort but you know there'd be no better way to sort that than be in the position that next week is the one where we turn around that record and, and it falls into place for a Champions League qualifier on the back of what we do tomorrow night so yeah I mean there's a balance there and I'm I'm all for you um, and, and your point you make in terms of we need to do it sensibly. I think what I was trying to say was that sometimes, you know, we, we've sat back a wee bit against the bigger teams at home and given them lots of respect. I just want to see enough respect that we still go and hunt them and because we are a good side and we can hurt teams. So let's put ourselves in a good position and then go and finish it off next week is, is the dream scenario for me. Yep. And uh, look, possession, Cammy. I bang on about this in Europe, but, but it's so true. Any Scottish team, and obviously we're a different level, but Dundee United last week, a perfect example of it. When we play that Scottish hot potato game where the ball is bouncing about from one side to another, uh, you can't do that at that level because the other team will go, great, magic, and they're, they're too good. They'll go and hurt you. They're technically very good. Um, we've got to treat the ball well, respect it, and make sure that we're not inviting anything. Good sides can still hurt you, but don't hand them anything. Yeah, don't be the masses of your own downfall, of course. I think the, the, the thing that was interesting to me, again, just quickly referring back to Saturday Pass as well, was, I, I, and again, I don't know about you guys, obviously sitting within the gantry and seeing this, but it felt to me a lot like we were starting to click. I felt like probably for the first time thus far this season, that we were anticipating runs, we could see the movement happening, they look like they're starting to to understand how to play together. Your point about making the, uh, you know, retaining possession, looking and taking care of the ball, I totally get, you're absolutely right. You can have uh, the lion's share of possession, but if you miss the quality, you're going to have a lot of possession with none to show for it. So you're absolutely right. It will be about ball retention. If we lose it, get it back again as quickly as you possibly can. Um, I think there's been times, David, where we've been a bit yin yang in one opposite, uh, one um, situation. It could appear like there's times where we struggle to hold on to the ball, and for some reason, you're right. We do treat it like a bit like a hot potato, and it just gets fired left, right, and centre, and we we invite errors that we typically would make. And then other European games, um, right from the get go calm, collected, we're taking care of it, we can rotate the ball well, recycle it where we have to, passing is crisp, it's sharp, it's on point, and that's absolutely what we need to be able to get on, on Tuesday night. So uh, it's about making sure that we, we don't hand any opportunities to the opponents, for sure, but at the same point as well, being able to go and press and penetrate, 
provide quality, score good goals, because we have seen good goals this season, uh, and go in with the same level of belief that we had when we were facing a 2-0 deficit against USG. Yes, of course, the parameters have shifted and you're not you know, playing against a team of that particular calibre. It's far, far higher than PSV. But irrespective, we still overcame that deficit and not for a single minute did I think that we looked out of control against USG. That's what we need tomorrow night. Absolutely. And folks, you'll get full coverage over and Heart and Hand on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Heart and Hand. And if you enjoy this show, give it a try. It's only £1.50 for the first month. Well, for it, for every month, if that's what you choose to do. Um, and I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. So that's patreon.com forward slash Heart and Hand. Right. Thank you to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. And a big thanks to my two wonderful guests today. First of all, Stephen Clifford. No, thank you, David. And hope your team wins tomorrow. And check out the Four Lads Had a Dream blog, folks. It's always excellent. And of course, thank you very much to Cameron Bell. Thank you both. A pleasure to talk to you as always. Um, looking forward to seeing the Blue Sea of Ibrox tomorrow night. Excellent. Uh, me too. And uh, as I say, full coverage over on Patreon. But we'll be back uh, Friday with uh, Heart and Hand Extra. And of course, I'll be back here next Monday. Until then, folks, have a great week. Mon the Teddies. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs> Podcast Network.